G'day Booglords, this is just a friendly service announcement. Magnitude 6 is now playing live at the Riptide Cinema. If you haven't signed up, you know, do your bit. Support Boogan. Sign up to Riptide Premium so we can do more events, create more fresh content, and keep Boogan Stoke alive. Whether you do or don't, we appreciate you listening to the podcast. Enjoy this latest episode of Luke's Lounge. Choo! It was all a pipe dream Watching body boarding up on TV Deep at reef watching tension repeats Eating bakery feeds at 18 Living the dream with no sunscreen Yeah we were so keen Surfing Aussie pipe Buying Riptide G'day and welcome to the Riptide Bodyboarding Podcast The home of bodyboarding Thank you for joining us on episode 52 of our verbal journaling And I'm your host Luke O'Connor Okay, today's guest ladies and gentlemen Is a fine specimen of a human being Unlike most of us oddballs in the boog community, this fella seems to excel in all areas of life. Being crafting oysters out of his very own hands or backdooring caverns of pure consequence at some of the most sought-after locations in the world, this fella seems to have it all sewn up. Draped in the holy light of Ryan Maddox's Zionism for half of his career, Today's guest then excelled on a selfless bodyboarding pilgrimage, finding his way through the troublesome world of the free surfing realm and navigating a path of boog enlightenment, becoming one of the most stylish and ballsy to do it on the phone. Dabbling in competition from time to time, he casually won one one of the greatest competitions in bodyboarding back in 2011, the El Fronton Pro on the island of Gran Canaria and featured in multiple finals on the world stage from that moment on. Not bad for a casual school teacher, eh? Thrown in countless covers, movie sections, mag coverage, and that only just scratches the surface of today's guest accolades. And I'm obviously going to just uh, unveil who I'm talking to. I'm talking to my good friend and, and fuck, mate, a little bit of an idol, Jace Finlay. How are you, my mate? Ah, yes. I was trying not to giggle that whole time. Thank you, buddy. I <laughs> do, oh, man. Um, as you know, as everyone knows, I, I do a little bit of research before the potties and going back over it all. Um, you've had a time <laughs> in Bergen, Jace, dude. Like you've you've pretty much done it all, and it's not just been in one type of wave. It's been in multiple waves, be it in just you know two foot dribble in Wollongong at some club comp, or be it. <laughs> 15 foot chopes and filming a section for passing through like arguably one of my um arguably one of the greatest films in bodyboarding and most certainly my favorite film like oh, that was magic, yeah, yeah a masterpiece man so you know it's really good to have you on luke's lounge and and thanks for taking the time you're a legend thanks for having me mate dude happy days and just speaking off air we've got a got a bit brewing um obviously th- this is going to go to air after this swell event, but um, something's brewing down your way, and we, we we might see a couple of red hot left handers reel off in this nor'east swell that's about to hit the coast. Yeah, that's right. I'm juggling family and work, but I will squeeze in a window real early. And um, reports are it's pretty solid, so fingers crossed. Yeah, it looks like a, a, a perfect little weather pattern too, because um, from most reports, and this is just reading the you know, forecast notes and, and, and whatever and listen to proper um, meteorologists kind of 
lay it out on the table, but just because the way this swell event is occurring with the wind still holding um, kind of strong and generating throughout the night and only going west in most places kind of pre-dawn, it's going to be um, the perfect storm for the first kind of six to eight hours or so with that energy still there and that offshore's grooming it. So, you know. Um, music yeah. to music my ears. Dude, I'm 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 getting pumped up, and you guys down there in in the sweet land of Bally Point always seem to harbour a good nor'east swell. So it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be lighting up the gram. Let's say, let's just say that. <laughs> I'm going to have to get up extra early now. Oh, mate, well, what time is the sun coming up now with daylight savings? Oh, it's not till after six. Um, so yeah, I'm up well before that. Usually pretty keen, but I'll be suited up and. Paddling out, hopefully, before I can see much. <laughs> Just not <laughs> plop off the side there in between sets, you hope, and, and exactly. see how you go. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Just going so what, what time do you usually get up for work, Jace? And everyone out there listening, um, as I said in the, the interlude coming into the potty, that um, you know, Jace is an oyster farmer and there's a bloody good one down at Batemans Bay. And I just want to doffer the calf to you, sir, because my missus is just in love with your oysters, eh? She reckons they're just the best she has ever, ever tasted. And I'm talking like, you know, she's been to a fair few destinations around the world, always has asked for seafood, always is happy to try any sort. You know, she'll be eating um some of the rarest stuff in like Japanese wet markets yeah, and all that kind yeah. of stuff. And, and she, she doesn't mind that. And when she had your oysters, Jay, she was, she was over the moon, man. Like she, she's, <laughs> oh, you got to give the credit to the river. Like it's a really healthy river. And uh, well, I think at one point it was voted the cleanest river in New South Wales. So like that does, that does the work and, and feeds these, these gorgeous things. We just kind of manage them to be as, big and beautiful as I can. Um, but in terms of like workload and starting the day, um, we, we, we keep it structured these days cause we all got young kids. So we, we start at seven 30 and we knock off at three 30. So it's, it's pretty civilized. Oh, that's heaps good. So you can get some stuff done in, in the morning, maybe like a little bit of a workout or surf, maybe pack some lunches and, and off you go. Yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah. There's time. That, that's heaps good. And you're just, um, up the road, obviously, in Batemans Bay. Like, what is it, like a half an hour trot into work? Yeah, it's about half hour and just glued to the potties like yours, mate. Ah, uh, that's epic. <laughs> How good is just a little bit of time in the car? Like, I, I've been spending a fair bit um, driving around the Shire recently, just, you know, and even around parts of Sydney, just glued to, you know, anything um, oh, yeah. that I can get my ears on. And it's 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 a real sacred time, I'm going to say, the time yeah. you get in the car sometimes. As long as the commute's not too long and you can yeah. lock yourself in for a little bit of juicy info, it's time well spent. I'm obsessed with audiobooks. I think I've listened to about 60 autobiographies. What? Yeah, I just was on them early. And uh, just with that drive, I'm just so fascinated with other people. That's Psycho Jace. Who was your favourite? Oh, that's massive. Well, the one, the first one that got me right into it was Andre Agassi's, um, which is really insane book. book. Like it's a, it's about his tennis career, but also his life, and it's just a, yeah. I'm not a crazy tennis fan at all, but his life was just on another planet, and he got me hooked on the audiobooks. 
and he was a pure competitor too. Like my mom and dad loved tennis and they loved nothing more than sitting back at the US Open and watching Sampras and Agassi go at it, just baseline rallies, big yeah. forehands, backhands, just, you know what I mean? And Agassi yeah, was supposed yeah. to be one of the best, like, returners of serve in the game. So there was always a very good um, – always a really good competition between him and Sampras, Sampras having a huge serve and then Agassi may get it back. Yeah. So that's yeah, that's so fascinating to hear. What was his private life like? Because I, I know he was um, he was a bit of a party boy at one stage, eh? Well, yeah, he's got he's got so many so many fascinating things. For one, he he claims to the nth degree in this book that he hated tennis. He just what? like he got it drilled so hard into him for so long that he hated the sport and just had so many insecurities that he just he just plugged through as long as he could. And then even even these insecurities about his hair, he wore a wig for years playing yeah. because he was so yeah. self-conscious. Um, it's really interesting, yeah. That's insane for someone to be so, you know, admired and, and to have such a status in society and to have all those insecurities just shows that fame isn't always the the answer, eh? That's it. You don't know what's going on behind, behind yeah. it all. Yeah. Well, let's kind of get into what's going on behind your two, you know, dreamy eyes, Jason Finlay. <laughs> and um, let's just um, let's just wind it all the way back. Like, when did you yeah. first hop on a boot? Um, so I don't have like a pivotal moment, but since I was a bub, our family always had a holiday place in Borley. So my grandma did, and then my parents did. Um, and I definitely, that was my holidays and every few weekends, that's kind of the only time I jumped in the ocean. And I was on a surfboard first and then all these little sucky reefs down here um, and a couple of friends who were on the boog kind of led me towards the boog. And it was only ever, ever a holiday thing really until I started getting into high school and then... I was just obsessed um, in the And were you living just, up in Sydney at this time, sorry, Jace, or was it in Wollongong? I grew up in Wollongong. I grew up in Wollongong. Yeah, sweet. Cool. I just want to clarify that because I always remember, yeah, knowing that you went to Wollongong Uni, I just didn't know if you had been a transplant coming down, you know what I mean? Well, do you know why? Because you probably saw me in Cronulla every weekend. I grew up with just Shark Island froth just pouring out of me and every weekend me and my mate would catch the train up from Oste where he was to uh, Cronulla and walk down to Shark Island no idea what the waves would be like every weekend for years and we just dump our stuff in the rocks and just paddle out no matter what such a dedication man that's crazy no wonder you Absolutely schooled most people in 2016 challenge and that crazy East Norris swell. You were so close uh, to winning that. There's no schooling, mate. There's oh, bullshit, man. You were reading animals. it so well. You were on another level. You and Rawlins, and I remember Cramsey's definitely standouts. And, you know, that's just feeding back into what you're saying. You just turning up every weekend without a forecast oh. and wanting to surf the island. You didn't even know the tides, did you? 
no, I knew nothing. But psycho. That's amazing <laughs> to just turn up and be like, there's the rock ledge. It's just gone 0.2. We've got yeah. another three or four hours before it even gets to a place where most people want to start surfing it, but we're just going <laughs> to hop out there and have a go. Like that's that's the core of the core. Well, it was it was fully those posters like um on the those old rippy posters of like ballard and and um bullet and mate wing wingnut was like my favorite and he, he had, I had one of his boards first the manta wingnuts with the the logo at the top um yeah i was obsessed with shark on yeah that was the kind of pinnacle for me that's crazy and wollongong having you know some really nice reefs and obviously in the one there that everyone knows and speaks about quite highly, but that being more of um, at that time you're coming up and bodyboarding a real hidden gem. Yeah, the, right. the island would have been like the closest kind of slab to you, eh? Exactly. Like I'd go down the coast to Shell Harbour and, and Minamara, but um, in Wollongong I was mostly just chasing the beaches, going up to Oste and chasing a few reefs there. But Shark Island just like – just obsessed over it from the old movie so you just wanted to be there yeah I, I, I know what you mean we're so lucky to have that there and so lucky to have it as just something you can peer out of the point out and just check so yeah. easily like most waves like that it's so remote that you have to be walking you know minimum half an hour you know yeah. whatever in it is to go even check it let alone just go down and surf which is probably another hour to even into the water so <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. We're chucking our train ride on there, mate. I know, I know, I know. And then there's the billy tax that occurred on the point every now and again. Did you ever have your bag nuggeted? And yeah, 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 we did. Only once, only once. Actually, and someone caught them. Really? Caught them up the rocks, and um, we got in time to get our gear back. Yeah. Oh, that's skits. You got out of it real good, man. I'm I'm from there, and I even had my bags done one afternoon. So I was just like. You know, yeah. you win some, you lose some. That's right. And it's just, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was a tough place. Well, I was just thinking back to the um, the the waves you were naming before, and, and one came to mind, and I was wondering if you've ever had it on the bodyboard. And um, some of my friends down at Stanley would be off me saying this, but um, what about uh, what about Coley Reef, Colcliffe Reef? Oh, uh, not much. Mainly, mainly just the wedge in the corner. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Mainly just cold out, coldy corner. But I was I was a headlands man, so a few headlands south. I just like on those north or east swells, I'd just be like frothing on headlands. Oh, how good is headlands? You sound like Sean Cooper there, eh? Well, yeah, I used to cross paths with him a fair bit, mate. He, um, I reckon they're probably going to spread his ashes out there, eh? <laughs> do you know what i mean like I'm, I'm pretty sure there's somewhere in the will that he's just sorting his affairs out that i'm i think his, his ashes will be spread there there and um oh it's a magic else? spot maybe maybe one of his favorite pools eh? you know what i mean one of his yeah, favorite yeah, yeah. renovated pools somewhere that's just <laughs> gonna get filtered into the filter real nice yeah, that's it. Eh? He's living there forever. <laughs> oh goodness! Yeah, so you've obviously you've obviously got, had like such a variety of waves in the gong to hone your craft at a young age, Chase. Like, when did you feel 
at um your time in high school that bodyboarding became like a main priority and and you were really wanting to push it like you obviously said you were catching the train up on 100 percent it's the island but what was that moment when you kind of just realized oh this is something that you know i'd want to do more of I don't have exact ages, but like a few things that stick out would be um, me just begging mum to take me for an early before school oh, <laughs> um, yeah, all the time. And because we lived up on Mount Kira, so it, it pretty, pretty tough to get down and back in time unless I got a lift. Um, yeah, for sure. Sitting around the school computers looking at Brendo on that first shippies swell. That was big. Yeah, um, and all the Shark Island stuff, and that that just motivated motivated me. I guess my kind of local was Puckies, which is a yeah, pretty yeah, yeah. fickle beach. But it seemed those years like it it was quite good. And Are you um, splitting peaks with the one and only Jack Dobson. <laughs> of course, yeah. Dobbo was in the year below me at school. Oh, so really? He, yeah, we were, we were at the same school. We knew each other. That's um, sick. That's sick. That's why you, obviously you feature so heavily in a lot of his movies, eh? Like you guys would have spent a fair bit of time together. Yeah, I guess we were just the gong crew. Yeah, everyone kind of floats around. And then there was, was a, such a good crew. There was a Misto wave called um, the Pier, which was like this man-made structure down near the steelworks that was only around for a few years, but just had the most incredible wedge off it and Dave Fox and Ryan Maddock were kind of the two local gurus and I just kind of really looked up to them and became super tight mates with them and they've just like helped me forever since then. Yeah, that was kind of a a good little era then. Oh, wasn't it? Like that time in bodyboarding was something special coming out of the gong. Like you, I remember that advert that Zion put out where it had yourself looking extremely dapper with Thomas Robinson, James Cates, <laughs> Coots was in there, Grizzly yeah. was in there. Yeah. And, man, yeah. you guys were all done up in the most exquisite gear, like, old Victorian <laughs> era kind of like. This is the family portrait, is it? Yeah, the family portrait. Yeah, 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 that, yeah. that era there was pretty special and should be crystallised into, you know, bodyboarding subculture for, for <laughs> yeah. years to come because it influenced so many people. And there was a stage where people were dressing like Thomas <laughs> Robinson out of that time. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. Like, I mean, I remember – um, knowing, you know, the certain type of wetsuits you guys were going to wear when the first Zion Rangers were dropping with the, like, <laughs> black, blue and white colour combos. Like there was some serious um, style adaptations there and addictions from people yeah, looking up yeah. that whole subculture. It was, it, it was a full movement. It was a movement. Oh, looking back, yeah, probably I didn't realise at the time, but like Dave Fox and Barnsey bringing on I Am None and – and then the videos and, and Ryan Maddox premieres doing his videos and making the wetsuits. I kind of saw the birth of all of it. And that was, was, yeah, so lucky to be right there and just be a part of it all. It was, it was all time. But they were also very lucky to have you under their wing too, man. Like you've got a skill set that's super rare, Jace. You're super humble and it, and it's 
you know, that's one of your greatest qualities and, and that's why you're so well respected by so many far and wide. But man, like you um just seen... I, was a, I was a grom. I was a frothing little grom when I first teed up with all those those lads. So I Yeah, you've got to be special to hang out with those fellas, dude. They don't surf with people that they don't have time for, you know what I mean? Like if you watch who who Maddie put on the Zion team for, for years, there was a certain criteria that had to tickle his fancy where it came to style. Yeah, yeah. It, it had to, you had to be cool and suave. Yeah. And, and that was an image and a brand he was creating. And you, you can see the mastermind at work there. And, you know, you fitted in so well because you ticked all those boxes. Like I said in the intro, you seem to just do everything so easy. Has anyone ever said that to you? You just do That's things. Funny, no, no. I thought I was a little, little, little nerd. <laughs> I don't, definitely no cool and suave happening, but really, I reckon with my surfing, like I've heard you in previous uh, talks with people talking about style, and I, I I try to reflect on that. I've never once thought about style. I've only kind of thought about like control, like trying to slow things down and and control them. But yep. I, I remember just thinking. I never, I never bought into that full mega cross leg style. Like really thinking about how I looked. I remember just thinking, I just want to be in full control of this and make things flow. I guess look, look easy, maybe. And I think you've probably unlocked the key there because yeah, if you focus so heavily on style, like maybe some people do, that you do take away from the 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 fluidity of it for sure. Um, but like you, you, you definitely had charismatic bodyboarding down to a, a TJ's. And I think people appreciate bodyboarding. Like, you know, people talk about in circles that I'm in anyway, about yeah. like early Michael Novi and oh, like yeah. when he first came onto the scene in the first like five years of his, his bodyboarding through visions and, and so many um, sections that he placed out to like hardcore heavy music that we were just frothing out on the time. <laughs> that, you know, he had that real grunge edge in his style and he just wasn't perfect, but it was so cool to watch. And you love that yeah. because it was flowing exactly how you described it before. It's control and flow. Your style yeah. is exactly the same where like, you know, I remember you doing inverts at a certain wave near Port Lincoln National Park with a yeah. session of you and Katie out there and obviously like a nice tide and you guys are just like floating through the air in this beautiful afternoon desert light and the inverts you were doing there and the way you stretch your body out and like project outwards um, yeah, there's some really good style about it. Like yeah, yeah, air reverses. Like what about the, what about the cover you got at, at K Wedge, bro? Like, let's just talk about that. Oh, I didn't get a cover at K Wedge. It wasn't a cover? No, I got, um. Was it a double page? I got. got to be a double no, page. A double page. It was a pulled back double page. That has a real funny story, actually. Um, we were with. Uh, Jeremy Greaves, photographer, and Matic was filming, and someone else was filming too. I forget now, but Greavesy, <laughs> Greavesy was meant to be getting the shot of this trip, and we we're working hard for it. And he, I think, he had a new ski, and he kept walking back to the car park and checking on it. <laughs> anyway, no one, 
no one had got a real good one like for for an hour or two suddenly i got that that big invert like one of the kind of biggest boosts i'd had in had at that point so big and greaves he had walked back and was looking at his ski that was just totally making sure fun. no one had started pinching it yeah missed the whole thing and um he couldn't believe it and matic um he he hadn't doubled in photography really ever but he by chance took a photo and we were, the whole afternoon we were devastated just thinking greaves you've blown it mate and we get back to the computer and Maddox just puts his shot up on just for the hell of it. And Greavesy was like, Holy shit, look how look how sharp that is. Look how like well proportioned it is. And it ended up just being a beautiful shot that got a double page. Mate, um, that was, <laughs> uh, yeah. Quality again, like going back to um what you were speaking before about coming up in a time that just had so many um so many talented and creative people you know like a a high tide raises all ships in the harbor and, and you guys were just <laughs> floating on a big two meter christmas tide there for so long man it was nice. yeah nice. it was so cool to watch like that invert is imprinted in my mind and, and is still to the day like you know because traditionally that waves are left you know yeah, what i mean like yeah, yeah. And 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 most people see it and they're like, oh, okay, sweet. And sometimes that wave, even as the left ball, can be a bit tricky. Can be yeah. good air reverse bowl, blah, blah blah. But it's just there's a bit of wobble going through, and things need to come together. But and you see yeah. bowls on the right, and occasionally you, you get a fun one, but not like that, Jace. Like in the yeah. way that it was framed in with that beautiful keyhole little beach there, like yeah, super special. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was especially like it's pretty close to home and. I know, not too many shots have run from that area. I got I got another double out K bomby the first time it was kind of ever properly shot, not too long after that, I think, as well. Mate, I was just about to mention that and I was just gonna say that the the swell that had been wrapped around K bomby had probably groomed the banks for you there at K Wedge. <laughs> um right. and and I remember that um double too because you were you had airdropped um yeah. and like obviously like most waves out they're very hard I've, i have seen you you know scoop and, and hold rail out there on a couple too which is quite amazing in its own right because that wave pulls so much water up so quickly that it's like an escalator just you know yeah. on level fucking three thousand. but um <laughs> you know like you had that turquoise board and you were acid dropping it was it was definitely turquoise wasn't it and you had churches oh, yeah, on that was light. It was my unknown bunting light blue. Yes. I had two of them. I was oh, in love with them. <laughs> yes. Oh, the unknown buntings. I remember when Endless was stalking them. Johnny Pine was getting, they were flying off the shelf. So many of the fellas around Cronulla had them. And they were, they were sick boards, those unknowns. And that was, oh, that's probably going to appease Ty Glander's search for um, some PE. If you can find any <laughs> unknown buntings out there, get, get them in some PE. I'm glad you brought that up, though, because, um, uh, Endless was my first sponsor, first ever sponsor. Really? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I think I must have joined up and done a few club comps. And uh, Mr. Pine, just the legend that he is, just took me under his wing a bit and started giving me free boards and clothes and just could see that I was hungry. And so he was my first real, real in. Like, I'm definitely thankful for his kind of. Um, yeah, he could foresee that I was hungry enough for it. Such a legend, just just backing the young kids. 
That's so good, Jase. You know, I, I feel the same way about Johnny Pine. He did so much in that club for so many young boogs and yeah. had so much froth um, just around those trips and, and the comps he would do up and down the coast. And I guess that's where you and Katie were surfing in those those Mystic Endless comps, hey? Yeah, true. Yep. Yeah, Jimmy was like my best mate, yeah. like, And I just lived for how he surfed. He's like the, the flow guru. Um, yeah. And such thing about him, such steez. Yeah, I love Jimmy and done endless kind of missions and and travels with him. Yeah, yeah, that was such a crazy time. I remember Sean Pine being so damn competitive with James Cates during those yeah. Mystics comps, and all he could talk about. Obviously, like he wanted to win the, win the comp, but mostly just trying to beat. Katie, because everyone knew they were on like the same trajectory, much like yourself. But I, I, you're just a little bit older than Katie, hey? Yeah, maybe a year or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think the rivalry is more so because Piner was the exact same age as Katie and blah blah blah. And, <laughs> oh man, I just remember it tit for tat. Eh? It was it was such a like a good healthy rivalry. Like that's what you want in a in a club comp. You know, you want to be. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Give it yeah, for sure. And the standard was was so high, man. When you hold a constant bodyboarding club, like much like the Wollongong um, bodyboarding club and, and all those guys on there hold it at Mystics regularly, yeah. or if they can, like it, the level of bodyboarding goes up so much, even at a, a beach break Queenslanders don't consider as um, legit. I still reckon it's a fucking <laughs> – it's such a good wave, man. It's so much fun to, to, to practice boogan on. Oh, yeah, it's a dream. Like, Like it's – and you, you, you're always going to find – it's one of those waves you just rock up, you get out there, and you'll always find something. Yeah. You've had some yeah. shots out there actually thinking about that too. There's been some pullback numbers of some real big left bazzers, like second peak down the down the beach. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've got a beautiful amazing. one from Russ Quinn, which is kind of like yes. the perfect peak that you always see, but you can kind of never be in the right spot for. Yeah, uh, that was cool, and and I, I had a nice right air rev um, that I think Tabone took that was in Thrash or Trash, one of those. Um, Sick. Yeah, cool to have that stuff from home. I reckon. Yeah, bloody oath, man! Just shows because you, you know you you would have surfed that wave a fair bit over the years like that. Just nice to almost get those just rewards of seeing. Um, you hone your craft there and just seeing how well you you know the beach. Like it's a, yeah, it's a sick beach. Yeah, dreamy spot for sure. It's, it's so dreamy. Yeah, I, I'm just getting so nostalgic here in my own bedroom <laughs> thinking about like how nice it was down there turning up in the early mornings and even getting Maccas on the way down just as a kid. <laughs> like it's such a treat, eh? Hey? Yeah, let's <laughs> go. Fuck, it's gold, man. So you know, obviously we um we we, we drifted a bit a, a bit off course, but but back and in a lovely way, mind you. But um, coming back to your your days at Zion, like you know, in and this was bubbling up as a as like a a young kind of what do you, what do you say like early twenty, early yeah, twenty year yeah. old, like through uni and stuff like that. Yep, I guess it like. I finished school at 17, went straight to uni for a year and then realised I was getting some traction with my booging. So I had the next year off and just chased it pretty hard. Um, Where'd you go in that year? Oh, I can't can't exactly remember, but they were 
kind of my first board sponsor was Elite Bodyboards. Yeah, I remember. And yep. Katie and Jones Russell were on the same team, and we did a we did a Europe trip. We went to Morocco and Portugal, um, and then whether it was before or after that, we did like you know Zion trips down to South Oz, and then we had the Viking trip a little bit after that. Um, which was all yeah, through the, kind of northern Europe. Oh, the Viking trip was classic. Just somehow yeah, throw yeah, coots yeah. in the mix and just get <laughs> on these trips. Hey? Like that was just pure gold. Genius, genius. Oh, oh so, mate. Such a, yeah, such a legend, such a character. Oh, such yeah. a great guy. I, I was lucky enough to work a day with him, um, with Coops, only maybe like six months ago now, or maybe a bit longer, um, down at Warrenora and just had a good chat with him and lunch at, um, down the down the water there. And, yeah, he's such a good, knowledgeable fella and just um, always yeah, good for yeah. yarn and just funny as hell, like witty as hell. Funny as hell, yeah. Too many laughs. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You can get carried away. Don't, don't mind <laughs> you. So, yeah, and so um, – those those times uh, in those young twenties is and and through Zion, like I was thinking, is is that the fever dream times? Is that the yeah yeah it would have been? Katie yep. was half Katie was half on the boog, half filming. Maddox Maddox kind of booging had slowed down, and he was getting into the wetsuits and his filming and kind of like building the brand up. Um, yeah, they were they were awesome trips. Like south, like heaps of South Oz trips, which which was just gorgeous because it was like still kind of undiscovered a lot of it, and kind of searching around and and not knowing lineups because you you didn't know if anyone had kind of surfed a lot of these spots before. And it was uh, really pre-social media, kind of, wasn't it? Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So that had that own mystique and shine to it too of just just innocence when you're on the road. Like you don't have the temptation of calling back home or telling anyone or anything like that, you know. It's just phones yeah. in the car, just driving, chatting with mates, literally planning your trip, getting your resources and your food and just camping under the, the stars and, and getting yeah. waves. Like it's there's there's nothing more nothing more pure, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A pretty, pretty raw. Like we were, we were doing it on the cheap, and you know, in a shitty old car, driving for thirty hours straight, just like rat pack hustling, kind of. But that's 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 the gold too that brings. Oh, it. isn't it? And that's the making of people, Jace. You know, that's yeah. what the the younger generation of today. And I'm I'm not casting this this shadow over over all, but just sometimes I get the feeling that. That they they don't want to put in the hours like you just said you drove thirty hours across the country, one way. That's yeah, yeah. one way. Everyone at home, thirty hours across the country to surf for possibly a span of five to seven days, maybe longer. You might do longer, what whatever. Some Mate, people go three, days. three days. Three days, one swell. Yeah, for one sure. Sometimes swell. it's like three days, a hundred percent, and then you'll turn around and drive thirty hours home, and that's on a budget of in between like. Five hundred or thousand dollars, maybe even yeah. less back then. I'm just putting inflation on it today. Probably, probably less. But you know, like, think about that, everyone out there. That is dedication. <laughs> even just the turnaround from going down to say Vico to surf some of you know the delicious 
slabs down there, the turnaround from Sydney or the Gong is just a straight 24-hour round trip. You know what I mean? And that's not even equating for the surfing and the fuel stops and the eating and the just the general maintenance you need to put into your body to survive. Yeah, it's so funny because you like you you're obviously an athlete in a way, but you don't perceive yourself that way. And there's no there's no training. You're going off no sleep. You're just going off pure kind of grommet hood froth and hunger. Like you and you just flog yourself. Like you really like a proper athlete would do a lot of things to to prepare for those moments, but it's all just on a whim. It is, and I think that's what makes bodyboarding so appealing to so many people once they get to know it because they realize that it's just average people for the most part. Like obviously, you know, there's there's some really special athletes, but just average people that just are so keen to test themselves and to put themselves in situations that they're probably not prepared for, but they're willing to do so. And then just to, to, to grow and like, kind of catapult for them themselves forward from there they're they're happy yeah. to take that leap and that's why i refer to in the intro to like of all of us you know weirdos in the community like we've, we're all oddballs in, in in certain ways shape or form but yeah. we're where that's what makes us so so cool do you know what i mean and so different yeah. to like a just a plain stereotypical surfing world sometimes you just see it they're all carbon copies sometimes i mean that's that's again casting a, a broad generalization. There's some there's so many crossovers nah, out there, but you, you know what I mean. Like the injury, anything, just yeah. Anything underground where like money's not top priority, and you're just pouring your heart into it, you just that's cool because it's just what your heart's into. Yeah, yeah, it's just what you love. That's a way better way of explaining it. Yeah, it literally is. It's not for the financial incentive that say yeah other athletes would but and i guess that does flow into the other point there jace of you just going rat pack and doing it on a shoestring <laughs> budget other athletes have the budget there <laughs> yeah. to actually hey we're going to stay at this hotel tonight or hey we're going to get yeah. a massage here because you've had a drive for eight hours or whatever like man yeah. i can't tell you how many times i've cramped up or like you know vomit on the side of roads or like whatever it is just from like stress and dehydration and 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 illness because you're just pushing yourself so far like sometimes you'd even just do trips where even just from sydney just a casual day down to nugs and back and back then it was probably a three three and a half hour drive and then you'd do that and then you'd surf all day you'd be up at 3 a.m drive down surf all day come home and I'd drive straight into a bar shift and work for six oh, to eight hours, go to sleep yeah. at two. If there was swell the next day, get up at five or six and do it all again. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just it, cook just, yourself. Yeah, and the, and there's just the froth levels, as you said. You're just so into it. There's no there's no perception of how your body's going to handle this. There's no perception of what you're going to feel like tomorrow. There's no perception of what your bank account's going to look like tomorrow. It's just like... Do I have enough money to get there? Okay, sweet. I'm going to do it because the waves could be pumping. Oh yeah, the cost the cost of it didn't matter. It was like the cost to yourself didn't matter. It was just the the cost to your mental health if you missed out, and you'd be stewing on that session that you could have been at. Dude, there's no true word said. Eh? That is yeah. so legit. It's the mental health that you're saving yourself. You're almost, in that instance, <laughs> buying yourself mental health because you know if you're there and it's shit, 
you've saved yourself. You know, if it's, <laughs> you know, if it's, if it's pumping and you're there, you've, you've, you've yeah. done the right thing. But if you yeah. stay at home and the chance that it does pump and you miss out and yeah. miss at home, like. <laughs> it's, a, it's a sickness. It's a sickness. It, 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 it honestly <laughs> is, man. It is. <laughs> so and you know, I, I heard a podcast recently and the, the way it was laid out, I was really I was really fascinated to hear it said that um portrayed like this because I I haven't heard it um spoken like this, but they just said everyone in some shape or form is addicted to something, but it's mm. just whether or not that it's a runner's high or is it you know mm. is it a heroin high or is it yeah. Yeah. A shopping high, like a shopping addiction, or is it a gambling addiction, or is it um, a sex addiction? Like, you know, there's so many things that we can get fanatical about. But when you really yeah. do think about it, bodyboarding to become fanatical over, much like surfing and much like all water sports that take you around the world, there's nothing better to get fucking obsessed about because oh, yeah. you sort so of, do you know what I mean? You're just growing as a person. You're seeing the world. You're keeping fit. And you're dunking into Mother Nature, into the fucking yeah. ocean. Yeah, Jeez, back I in there. The light up. Sorry, Jace. <laughs> All good, mate. Trouble, trouble up in the hood. I know. Shit, mate. I don't get everyone inside. Bull this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but um, yeah, it, it is one of the probably one of the best things you can do as a as a person um, that has to be addicted to something. Yeah, I'll back you. Yep, just getting in that sweet, sweet ocean and getting humbled by it and just feeling it. There's nothing better. Dude, during your time on the boot, um, mm. you know, what has been the most humbling moment for you in the ocean and what um, kind of seemed, not not haunts you, but, you know, drifting out of your um, subconscious from time to time? Yeah, one like springs to mind just this crazy scenario on that um, Viking trip at a at a kind of pumping six to eight foot left that's in the video. Um, we just had a really good session, and towards the end of the session, like as it was it was close to like the end to wrapping up end of the day kind of thing, like sun starting to go down, and I caught. I caught this wave that I, I was just behind and this little wedge kind of overtook me, pushed me to the lip and pushed me down um, quite deep. And I, and I knew I was, I knew I was deep and I kind of let the turbulence settle and it's kind of like, I must've been kind of using a fair bit of energy because I, I was ready to come up for some air. And as I swam to the top, my head, just hit rock. So I was inside a cave and I had no idea which, which way I was facing. I couldn't see anything. It was all whitewashed and dark, but I just reached up and just reached back and just pulled myself probably about three or four meters horizontally back behind myself until it started curving back up towards the top. And I, and I pulled myself out and I just, I came up from that just totally freaked and everyone kind of was catching their last waves and they were going in and I was in this t completely rattling frame of mind 
where I thought if I don't just get straight back out there and just catch the biggest ones I can catch and overcome this instantly, I don't know if I'm ever going to surf again because, like, there's every chance I could have just pulled myself the wrong way and just been still stuck in that cave. And I was just – I was in this fucking crazy mood and everyone had started going in and I just stayed out there by myself and just and kept just trying to catch the biggest ones I could to overcome that. I reckon that's kind of like just the one really – one of the heaviest moments for me for sure. What a challenge the ocean served up to you there, eh? <laughs> so rattling oh my goodness man so many stories float around around um about caves we only mentioned one on the um most recent potty with chris uh white sorry in regards to charles ward and you know mm. he had down there at shippies man and just just stories that float around there's even a couple um back in the day here um uh, locally at suck rock that there's a there's an uh. entry point like on the left and if you get pushed on um, at the takeoff, either on the right or on a part of the left um, yeah. bit of the reef, that there's this hole that's like a swim-through hole. And if you get pushed into it, the only kind of way, unless you like somehow get your body, you know, around, which is quite tight inside the circumference of the hole, you got to oh. swim through and get to the other side. And like it kind of, yeah, it kind of goes to one third of the rock. So it's a decent swim-through. And um, yeah. yeah, there's been some people being pushed into it and, have oh, got out of there, but have had to like deleash because you know they can't get the bodyboard through and all this kind of jazz. And, <laughs> so yeah, there's this fellow oh, called yeah. Atma. He was like a local kind of um, call lord just before I was kind of coming up um, yeah. around the area, and he was yeah, he was he was he was one of the victims of the rock. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. that played in my mind. So I I would, was always thinking about that when I was paddling out there. That's so gnarly. Well, I didn't know anything about this at this reef. Like we kind of just had only surfed it once or twice. But talking to Jack Johns and, and some local Irish boys afterwards, they said that's happened to someone before and the entry to that cave is only like a metre wide. But wow. then it pushes down to this big, deep hole. And so like, yeah, just pure lucky, just come out the right way. It's so good that you had the mind frame to know to go backwards. Do you know what I mean? To actually like retrace your steps because you could be yeah. so disorientated underneath water there, man, that you could just have taken one wrong turn and as you were losing yeah. oxygen, you just wouldn't have had time to find your way back out. I think it was just luck and panic. I think I just hit the roof, grabbed it and just pulled myself whichever way I could and it was the right way somehow. Oh. Dude, that's it. And you've you've also had another crazy incident there at um at at SA Hay in, in a, another famous reef there down um near the the end of the yeah. bike. You've broken your ankle pretty severely, hey? Yeah, yeah. Like um yeah, that was a funny one. Like it was it was a cracking trip and we were scoring waves and I got caught inside on this wave and it just picked me up and threw me down and my leg and flipper got jammed down like a, a crack that was slowly tightening and I got bent over that rock no. up into the middle of my back and kind of I, I was stuck there 
until the wave snapped my flipper off and broke my ankle. Oh and, um, my goodness, bro. Kind of ripped me out of there. And I just remember instantly just knowing things were bad and, and, and lifting my leg out of the water and it was already just as big as your thigh, like my ankle. Oh, oh. And my, and my um, shoelace, like tying up my flippers and my weddy were just like cutting off the circulation. Holy was, shit, that quickly. Oh, it just it just felt like the craziest amount of pressure and you could see things just tightening up and swelling up by the oh, second. Wow. I just had to wave, wave the boys over and, and drag me in. Uh, was it a compound fracture? No, it was like it was it was more ligaments. There was fractures okay. in the bone, but it was all the ligament damage that that kind of was the worst to recover. Yeah. And and I actually had a good bit of coins saved up to go to Chile and do the Eureka comp and do all of South America. And that trip just got I I just never got there because I missed out on that opportunity and then another one kind of didn't pop up. Yeah, wow. So you never got to go to Chile in the end? No, still on the list. Oh dude, imagine you surfing El Flopos, like, come on, get yourself oh, over there, brah. <laughs> it looks, it looks mental. It looks insane. It looks, man. See, I, I haven't been either, so I'm support calling the kettle black there, Jace. But mate, like, <laughs> on, on, honestly, like, it's one of those places where everybody bought a goes, and they just say how much of a sick wave it is. Yeah, yeah, it looks insane. Just the biggest rant. I know, I know, but you know. Speaking about um, ridiculous locations and, and places we want to go in the world, there's not many people that have won the El Fronton Pro in Gran Canaria. Yeah, so yeah. Take us through that and please take us through the narrative that was developing during the comp that I only just realised off air before I was chatting about Ryan Hardy's world title hopes during that year, yeah. 2011. Yeah. Oh, there was so much going on. Um Oh, to even strip it back, I think I'd finally, um, I'd been riding Moray for a little while and then uh, kind of World Bodyboards and Nick Mesritz had approached me just before going over there um, to put me on NMD. So there was this big NMD buzz. NMD was the sponsor of the Fronton event, so I got the sponsor's wild card. And, um, yeah, kind of. I had loved that wave. I'd been there a few times and I'd always spend months at a time and just really dedicate myself to it. I'd stay with a good mate, Elliot Morales, who was kind of the man over there. And he didn't even live near the wave, but he lived in a town on the other side of the island. And so you'd kind of infuse yourself with the the whole culture of the place and then we'd drive over for swells. Um, I just, I'm in love with that place. I really, really, really love it. And so when the comps were happening, like I just felt so in tune with it. Like I've never been a huge competitor, um, but but way but comps in those kind of waves just really got the juices flowing. Um so that yeah, that year the title race, I think Hardy was the closest he'd been in a while. Um to possibly become world champion and it was 
he might correct me, but I'm pretty sure it was that that comp that was going to decide it between maybe him, Jeff Hubbard, and Pierre possibly. And so he's watching on up in the stands with all the Aussie guys, watching all the heats. Like I think he he maybe um, he needed certain things to happen for him to still have a chance, and one of those was for Jeff to get knocked out, and. It was a one of the later rounds that it was Jeff and I against each other. It was a small day. It was only a couple foot and Jeff just being a freak was just schooling me. Like it wasn't the correct direction. So they were really weak sections, but Jeff was just boosting these massive ARSs. And it got down to the last like 30 seconds and I got this crappy wave that I tried to pull into and it just pinched me. And I'd just kind of almost given up and it had pushed me onto the inside. And because that crappy wave had pushed me onto the inside, this tiny little V wedge came and I could kick onto it. And it was only a two-foot wave, but it just gave me the whip to do like a quick little full rotation air rev. And it was in the last last 10 seconds I got the score to beat Hub. And like I was just buzzing over the moon. but. In my mind, it was totally, yes, Hardy's, Hardy's got a chance. He's still got a <laughs> chance. Hardy's still got a chance. Like, Hardy was everyone's idol and he never got the world title that he probably deserved 10 times over. I know, um, I, know I know, but sometimes just not meant to be. But you showing the Australian yeah. patriotism, mate, you just get <laughs> there up the clacker for the Australians, you know what I mean? Showing a bit of grit, taking it off the swellings with boys and using their terminology and just a bit of fucking grit. That's what we're missing. Yeah. Into it, mate. <laughs> fucking grit. Uh, well, <laughs> oh, that's so good. Yeah, so I had no good. pressure on me in that comp. I was just a wild card, so I was kind of just – yeah, having a crack. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, next, the next day was that um, it was a really big day that was kind of um, had everyone on edge whether the comp should have run or not, and I was I was just chomping at the bit to get in there. And it was just a, such a cool event. Yeah, they're so cool to be a part of such a special event, and especially. Um, you know, on those famous days, as you said, like just to be so, just to be so big and to be so perfect and just to show the top level of wave riding in the world yeah. at such an arena. Yeah. Like front on, again, I, I, I haven't been there. I've only seen video footage and, and, and just felt the vibe through other people. But man, like the, that place looks like, you know, pure bodyboarding utopia. Oh, I think like, it has to be one of the best bodyboard waves in the world, like if not the best for pure like aerial performance and just it's like it's got a lot of consequence. So like it's probably not the wave you dream of for the pure sensation. It's always like balls to the walls, shallow, crazy, but just so much opportunity for crazy moves. Yeah, I'm pre- I was pretty obsessed for it for a long time there. Yeah, I can imagine. Cause do you feel like you've really gravitated towards waves that do allow you to um, to flare up with your air gangs? I know you spent a lot of time at Nugget and a lot of lot, lot, lot of time at various um, like wedgy waves. Even mm. even you know, I know you spent a bit of time at Congo. 
It's been, uh, mm. it's been a bit of time down yeah. some <laughs> delicious little beaches, mate, that you've been honing on and just keeping your back pocket for later on in life. I, I know you've been up to. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, it was it was pretty natural because uh, I never had the competitive drive, which meant because I was stand-up surfing as well as boogie my whole life, whenever the waves were small and it was a beachy, I would just jump on the stand-up. And I, I did not have the drive to perfect my spins on small beachy waves. I just, it, I, I tried for years thinking that was what I needed to do. And I just, it wasn't fun for me. So I'd just jump on the stand up. And then um, when waves got critical and good and big, that's, that's where I just gravitate to on the berg. So, like, yeah. I mean, I was never destined for any great comp success. I just I had my little avenue and um, that's what kept me pumped and kept the juices flowing. And it was cool that um, companies and kind of sponsors and stuff were, were happy to support that. That was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it, it really was. Being 2011, thinking of that comp and, you know, having the support of, NMD at the time and, and things going yeah. fairly well in the industry and that be a solid kind of base for everyone around the world to work off. Um, not saying that there's, that there's not efforts being placed in now, but it's still a yeah. bit of a building block kind of scenario. So, yeah, it's so good to just hear about the golden years um, spinners and it's yeah. all about timing, man, and you capitalise yeah. there with um, some really, really good timing. What what other results did you have? You know, because I, I remember you went so close to win the Shark Island Challenge, but was there any other comps that you did that, you know, somehow almost freakishly won out of nowhere? Luke O'Connor, you forget. I won the Shark Island comp, mate. 2017. 2017. Oh, so, spinners, I'm sorry, man, but I wasn't there for it. I just left for my trip and I actually didn't um, – <laughs> get to see it I, I had completely voided that one from my memory so i'm so <laughs> fucking sorry but that's sick. A, jesus mate, christ i fulfilled my childhood dream and and yeah. leo alex leon who was the organizer who was running the events he threw this crazy stat at me that um i had got in consecutive years a fifth a fourth a third a second and then I won it in 2017. Wow. Working yeah. your whole way up to the win. Yeah. That's psycho. One bettering yourself every time. Pretty crazy. That's so sick, man. Like, you know, I, I'm so dev I didn't mention that in the in the intro <laughs> for the accolades because, fuck, that's so sick. And, again, yeah, I, I had already embarked on my trip away with, like, Lozzie and I'd kind of – um got more into skiing at the time not that i put bodyboarding away at any stage yeah, yeah, yeah. but just um you know when you're just not there and you're just not connected to the to the to the the buzz and you know because you just yeah, every yeah, shark island yeah. challenge i've been lucky enough to be there you just kind of have a feel for what the day is but that's that's so good dude that was um a year that um mark sadler one of my good mates um was in it he's actually on the committee this year to try and get it back up and running 2024 oh, was sam van also so um Get it yeah, back. It's, really so, it's such a legacy. Got to keep that thing going. I know. I know. We do need to keep it going. Hey, I think mm. it. 
I think it's it's definitely got its place on the calendar somewhere, and if we can squeeze it in between comps and get some good international riders, um, some you know good Australian ones and and different wild cards in between from different avenues, I think we've definitely got our ourselves cooking. We just got to hope for Mother Nature. Yeah, Mother yeah, Nature. Yeah. yeah, could be like the Eddie event. Just have a window, and, and whenever, <laughs> just yeah. drag people in when it's the swell of all swells. I know, and just can see everything lining up, and you've got yeah, you got a, a window to work with there. Even if it does go a bit low, like it's got a cop at a, unfortunately. That's just like oh yeah, that's comp. It's just Shark Island. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's like just turning up every weekend, not even giving a fine fuck about the tires, <laughs> and just like oh yep. Happy to be out there. <laughs> Too much Happy to be fun. here. Thank you. Too much so, um, Dude, thinking of, and, and just, you know, capping off your career and still today, it's still getting some incre- incredible, amazing slabs. And every time I see you on any sort of craft around your home, and obviously you live in one of the most wave-rich areas um, on the East Coast, like just the things that you're still doing with a family and a flair and business and everything man is unbelievable but like moving from the zion stages and moving through those middle parts of your 20s and getting towards like the back end there what was it like being kind of like not like a free agent so to speak but kind of going through a different um couple of brands and sponsors and you know Mm. trying to um find your way through like a kind of troublesome industry in the back half of your career I've, I've, i felt because things started to dry up a little bit and 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 the yeah. wheels were falling off not like the bodyboarding was falling off but just um everything inside the industry was just kind of shitting itself yeah it was it's funny because from the start uh, i was kind of under no illusion that it, it wasn't there wasn't much longevity in it for me i guess like I took everything that came my way, just really saw it as a bonus and just an insane experience. Like any money I ever made was thrown straight back into um, making the most of the sport, like just traveling, spending every dime back on traveling to to film more or to um, do a magazine trip. Like it, it was all just a bonus really. So, like, I I did my teaching degree knowing that that would be there for me um, when I'd kind of had my fill because I, I just didn't, for me, I just didn't see the longevity in it for me. So, Spinners, you're a smart gambler, brother. You hedged your bets. You knew you are on a good <laughs> one, but they always kind of keep winning, you know what I mean? Sometimes the hero's going to fall. And bodyboarding, unfortunately, was always going to have that fall from grace. But you had the backup of the teaching, and teaching is a bullshit avenue to keep surfing because you can kind of take it anywhere with you. And a lot of coastal towns need male teachers. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, I only really taught for about six to eight months in total in the end. And then the oyster world found me. So, I mean, the teaching degree was an awesome experience in itself. But, um, yeah, you still got to pay that hex debt for a career you didn't pursue, but who cares, really? I guess as long as you're following what your heart's in. Yeah, so true. Isn't that where you met Jen too at uni? 
Yeah, 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 true. Yeah. See, bro? Hey, mate. Yeah, I've been connecting the dots yeah. there for you. Like, honestly, that's, <laughs> you know, amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so, like, that part of your life too, like, going to uni there, especially at Wollongong, like, which was a yeah. pretty epic university for um, by the standards of New South Wales and even Australia. Like, it was... It is still up there. It's like one of the um the most like you know highest achieving universities there is, and just the, the vibe down there. The campus is sick. Yeah, it's, yeah. You know, it's some of the nights, and I remember seeing Airborne live there, um in the <laughs> uni bar on a Wednesday night, and like oh, I, I wouldn't. One of my best mates, Damien Miller, he'll never ever let me live this down. We were all pretty pretty pissed and having a time yeah. of it and, and we're in that rap bag stage where we thought it was funny just to tackle each other and just to <laughs> mosh pit and to dive and to jump and just to have a, have a bash. And um, he was like running around the the circle and I had nowhere I thought it'd be funny just to spear tackle him. And I just went <laughs> straight for him, spear tackled him and unfortunately didn't realise there was like a four set of stairs behind him. And I just crash tackled him into the set of stairs, and he reckons his back has he's had problems ever since. And it's oh no, That's... yeah, I know, I know, I know. But I got some memories of Wollongong Uni. Yeah, it's a wild place. That's Wollongong, woo! <laughs> yeah, baby, Wollongong, babe. The gong, eh? Ringing the gong. That again. There's some. There's a special vibe and culture about that place. It really brings out um yeah a different just a, a different feel to anywhere else you know i know mm. that it's kind of ridiculous to say but like it's yeah mm, yeah it's, interesting it's, it's such a cool mix man you know yeah again coming from a perspective of a man who's in a, a, a relatively flat area like we've got you know we've got the national park and, and we've got like you know hills and, and and troughs and plateaus and all that kind of stuff but like we don't have a crazy escarpment behind us. Yeah, that's almost yeah, yeah. like this Jurassic Park like plateau that just Yeah. You know, like it's 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 almost ancient it's, in its own right. Yeah, it's funny because it um it's like a it's a decent city, but then I was I grew up on Mount Kira on little Mount Kira demonstration school. I had seven kids in my whole year and there was there was fifty. There was only fifty-two kids in the whole school, so like, right next to a pretty decent city, it was still a real country, little, tiny, little relaxed vibe. It was, yeah, it was gold. Yeah, and and still to this day, you can drive through, you know, some of the cross streets between Bulleye and Winuna, mm. and see farmland, man. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like when yeah. I go through those areas, and then like you do get to the the urban built up areas or then you get to the back of like Tarawana and there's those really quaint little um, football communities. And my brother had a stint playing down there for all the different sides, like Dapto Dandaloo and all that kind of jazz. Like there's, you know, little cultures among yeah. cultures. It's, it's, it's a, it's a special little place. It's got a wide range of waves and um, wide range of industry. And yeah, like it's a good breakout from Sydney because personally, yeah. like if I go North of Sydney, I don't really want to do anything until I kind of get to Newcastle. There's beautiful places in between, but like I wouldn't yeah, okay. kind of live there. But I could yep. easily live on the Cold Coast, you know, because that yeah, yeah. also has that really good appeal. That good mixture is probably the word I'm looking for. Like a really good lifestyle mixture. Yeah, I'm 
I'm into the gong and there's opportunities. There's heaps of opportunities. A lot of creative people that have given it a crack and are making things work. Yeah, 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 certainly. It's a sick little hub, but you can't beat Borley either. That, that no. place is pretty well, darn special. That, yeah, Borley's my dream. I'm just in love. I'll, I just am so grateful to be here. Really happy. Yeah. Do you reckon you'll ever leave? Oh, I'd happily do stints anywhere, everywhere, but um, but my heart's here for sure. Like I'll I'll always end up here. Yep. Has like you and the family got any sort of plans in the future? Maybe to go on a a trip or like anything that is like you know teetering in the thought process of like maybe something down the line. Oh, no, like I'm so pumped on the oyster business. Like I've got that with my brother-in-laws and we are, we've built it up really well and I just want to, I'm passionate about it and it's really kind of, we've got a good, an epic team that are just super passionate as well. Um, we're only working four days a week because we want to keep our family and kind of coastal lifestyle going. So I'm just really focused on um keep smashing that out but oh you know a cool idea could be uh, just kind of came up with it that the other day like one of my brothers in laws is over in america um uh with his oyster app that he's developing i could definitely um do a house swap and a, a farm position swap for a year and experience the the seafood coast of the East coast of the States for a different experience and then come back home and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm up for anything for sure. But right now my passion is, is with the business and bringing the fam, the kids up in this area is pretty magic. Yeah. Oh dude, you've nailed it. Eh? Like honestly, like the whole, the, the, the whole area down there is just rich with such good natural, Natural education for kids, like yeah, it's such a big yeah. thing. Like they're never bored. They've always got so many cool things to do. They're just living off the land and learning about things that um, self-sustain human beings instead of just relying so so, so selfishly on a yeah. city around you. Like it can be so hard sometimes living in city um, Sydney, knowing that a lot of the um, a lot of the things are taken care of. Like even for our, like trash, for example, in our unit block being taken away without yeah. you having to touch it or, you know, do this and that. It's just, um, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but just the, yeah, the little things, you know, that you don't work for and that you don't earn and you don't do. You've really got to, like with my child, trying to instill those things of, no, 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 this is still the chores and this is that and just be <laughs> yeah. convenient, don't do it this way and blah, 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 blah. So, oh, well, we're, we're pretty privileged in in Australia. Um, yeah, like yeah. Anyway, these coastal towns. So I'm 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 thinking of the same things, trying to instill good values in my groms to try to help them realise how good they've got it. I know it's it's um, easier said than done sometimes, though, because you know the 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 way things are so plentiful and and are seen throughout the world these days like just so accessible instead of working towards one thing or another like it is yeah important to keep saying that like yeah it's it's not always greener on the other side is it yeah 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 we're lucky we are lucky country man Mm -hmm. jason on that um note i am just want to 
sign off with you and say thank you so much for coming on the potty, putting your, uh, you know, your well-rounded bottom on my lounge, <laughs> virtual lounge, and uh, uh, yeah, having a yarn with you, mate, and chewing the fat because it's yeah, fuck. Probably could go on for another couple of hours, but there are so many stories delving into your career and <laughs> things that have broken off um, on the way, man. That just yeah, so magical. So oh, we'll do it board. again, mate. It's been a yeah, yeah. You're a legend. We're gonna have to, bro. We we'll probably have to do one after your um after your session in the next like eight <laughs> to ten hours. I think there's gonna be something come from that. Eh? I really hope some waves around home flare up because. It's so special when you get like a Norris swell. Like it's such a rare, yeah. like a rarity, you know. I know yeah. we had like a crazy run, but just when you get a proper one with winds, it's so good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. You, I don't. I hope we never lose that froth. I know, man. I know the anticipation of what it's going to be like the next day. It's so good. Yeah. No, I really appreciate your good vibes forever and good things you're doing in the sport and like just keep that. Big smile on that froth going, mate. You're a legend. Cheers, Jace. Cheers, my bro. I'll um I'll swing by with the fam next time we're down in Batemans and share an oyster together. Absolutely. You're a legend, mate. Yeah, keep well, Jace. See you, buddy. It was all a pipe dream. Watching boy-